Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. I want to start a new series. We're going to start a new series called The Fog. I realize that there's a really old movie called The Fog, and uh, it's, it's a creepy horror story, and uh, so we're not using that. So don't go there if you've seen that movie. But um, The Fog is uh, this whole idea of understanding how we can have clarity in a confused world. Clarity in a confused world. That's one of the things that is, I believe is needed. I've been praying, praying hard as a pastor for our church and for our community and for our world. And uh, one of the things that I believe is happening right now is that there is an enormous amount of confusion. It's confusion not because there, there aren't important questions being asked or issues being addressed. I don't, and, and I'm not going to address each of those issues or, or circumstances. But there's so many different angles and perspectives and rights and wrongs that, that people have that um, it becomes a very, very cloudy or foggy experience. And I want to talk to you just a little bit about the whole idea of the fog and, and what that uh, means to us. I don't know if you've ever driven in the fog. I've driven bunches of times in the fog. Here in Ventura, the fog hits occasionally and the, the, the distance that we can see is far shorter than normal. Um, the, the, the driving comfortability, the moisture on the windows, all those kinds of things create a pretty foggy experience. And you know as well as I do, if you've even seen the fog, not even driven in it, that, um, that it's blurry. It's not as clear. There's, there's, that's what's happening in our culture today, in our, in our communities, in our, uh, our world, our nation, is that there's this blur that's going on. This, the, there's, there's this mix of opinions. There's this mix of issues. There's all kinds of things going on, and there's this blur. There's no clear direction. I don't know about you, but I've heard more opinions about what I should think and believe than ever before. And it's really interesting because there's so many different perspectives and everybody's really passionate about their own perspective. Everybody's really passionate about what they think we should believe. And I think that's uh, uh, an important perspective to understand. That's why we feel like we're living in a fog. That's why we feel like I've heard from many people, I'm not sure what to think. Is it a mask? Is it not a mask? Is it Biden? Is it Trump? Is it, uh, <clears throat> what, what, do we, what do we do with the protests that are going on? All these kinds of things. And I'm not saying that any one of those things is not important or significant. What I am saying is that when the confusion comes, there tends to be a default. And that default is that we make up our own clarity. We make up our own truth. And that's what's really happening in many cases. <clears throat> It's a cause to say we need to, to pause and we need to, to, to figure out what's going on. And, and sometimes we just embrace the most uh, comfortable ideology or we, we embrace the most radical ideology. It doesn't matter. There's all kinds of ways to look at this. And uh, the most important part of the fog is that it shortens our vision. And I think that's super dangerous because as soon as we lose vision, the Bible says that if we lose vision, if where there is no vision, then people throw off restraint. They, they, throw, they perish is one, one version. The other one is more, probably more accurate where they throw off restraint. That simply means that there's no boundaries in which we live to keep us going in one direction. Everybody's going whatever direction they want. 
That's the restraint part. There's no restraint. There's no, there's no uh, if you will, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, guardrails that, that keep us going in the same direction or give us guidance to go there. And thus we live in a fog. We live in this place of confusion. Now in the next several weeks, we'll talk about more about the fog. We'll talk about reducing your speed. And what that means, spiritually speaking, how do we reduce our speed in the fog? How do we slow down? Because if you don't slow down, trust me, you're going to crash. You're going to, to demolish the car in front of you. You're going to hit something if you don't slow down in the fog. You, it, we need to adjust our lighting. We, you don't use your high beams in the fog. If you've ever been in the fog and you put your high beams on, it just gets more foggy. But if you put your low beams on, or if you're fortunate enough to have fog lights, then it can uh, clear the space at least for you to see well enough in front of you for a short distance to keep moving forward. <clears throat> it, you need to use your surroundings. There are uh, lines on the, on the, on the uh, road, but more importantly, you can use um, people in front of you that might be driving as well. Sometimes you can use their lights to help guide you and direct you. There's all kinds of opportunities. We need to follow the lines. It, it, when you're driving in the fog, it's important to look at that white line on the right-hand side of the road and follow that. If you get off track, uh-oh, it's trouble time. And sometimes when the fog is so bad, it's, it's important just to stop, get off the road. Don't stop on the road, but get off the road. And we'll talk about all these things in the coming weeks. But I believe that today what we want to hear is how, what's, the, what's the meaning of this idea of fog and why should we take it seriously? Why should we understand that we are living in a fog and how do we respond appropriately to it? I think the big question is simply this. What allows the Christian, what allows you and me, those believers in Jesus Christ, and, and if you're here and you're a guest and you don't have a belief in Jesus Christ, um, what, what would enable you to feel confident, to feel joy, peace, mission-focused, all those things? What would allow you to feel those things in a cultural fog? And I believe that Galatians 5 gives us some perspective on this gives us an idea of how we should uh, perceive the fog and how we should respond to it. I believe that all of us can live with peace. I believe that we can live with joy. I believe we can continue to be mission-focused. I believe that we can have confidence rather than feel insecure because we're in the fog. Because this is what I believe, 100%, that when we lean into God, there's no fog. There's clarity. Yeah, the world may be foggy and the world may be a, a confusing place, but when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we can have confidence every day. We can continue to move forward. We can continue to have peace and comfort. I know, I, don't, I know when I've driven in the fog, I've been like white knuckle. White knuckle just going, oh my goodness, I'm going to wreck any, any moment now. I don't know how far the car in front of me is. I haven't used a lot of these principles. When I was especially young in my driving, I would just keep going in the fog, which is a, a pretty crazy thing to do. So as we look at Galatians 5, verse 1, it says this. And one of the things you're going to find out about this whole passage is that Galatians 5 is, a, is addressing legalism. It's addressing the danger of living by the law rather than by grace. Paul is confronting the church because there is confusion in the church. And that's why I'm preaching this passage of scripture. 
We're actually, I'm not trying to address the whole idea of legalism versus grace, although that's not a bad issue to address, but I don't think that's the issue today. I think the issue is what happens when confusion happens, which is what Paul is addressing here. The Galatian church has been convinced by a whole bunch of people named Judaizers that they should live by the law rather than by the grace of Jesus Christ. And that they should uh, effectively uh, participate in all the things of the law. There's 613 laws that they should fulfill in order to stay on track with God, in order to gain God's approval, in order to show God that we love Him. And Jesus came to not abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And He did that by dying on the cross and giving us grace, the grace that it takes to, to be saved. We don't have to earn our way. We just have to faith our way through grace and believe that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again. And that is what saves us. And out of that experience, we begin to live a different life. Not so that God approves of us. He's already done that. But so that we can honor and glorify Him. That's the power of grace. That's the power of living in faith in Jesus Christ. So, he starts with this in Galatians 1. He kind of introduces the idea of freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He's addressing the problem. He's saying, you guys are going into slavery. In other words, you're becoming uh, um, uh, trapped by this idea that you have to live by the law. You see, when Judaizers come in or anybody else comes into our lives and tells us something other than what Scripture is saying, other than the way Jesus is, is wanting us to live, that creates confusion. That puts us in a fog. And in this case, they're putting us in the fog of legalism. And so I love what this one, um, <clears throat> one author said. His name's Wearsby. He says, the Christian who lives by faith is not going to become a rebel. <laughs> this is a crazy statement. The Christian who lives by faith is not going to become a rebel. In other words, it's not going to veer off track. It's not going to be caught up in this fog. Quite the contrary. He is going to experience the inner discipline of God that is far better than the outer discipline of man-made rules. And so... Uh, <clears throat> When it says man-made rules, no man could become a rebel who depends, listen, on, listen to this, on God's grace, yields to God's spirit, lives for others, and seeks to glorify God. Somebody who is giving their life completely to Jesus can't become a rebel, can't become someone who's going to go off track and become uh, encapsulated or, or, or trapped by the fog of this world. In other words, when we give ourselves completely to God and we live by faith, we're going to see some pretty amazing things happen. And, and what Paul is addressing here is people who have decided, I'm not going to live by faith. I'm going to live by rules. And that, those rules create a confusion. And confusion tempts us to write our own rules. It tempts us to write the rules that we think is best rather than put our feet on the, on the foundation of what Jesus thinks is best and what the Bible says for us. We have a foundation that will never change, that is always uh, clear, and we have an opportunity to experience a, a foundation that we don't have to worry about what's going on around us. 
Not that we don't have to concern ourselves with the significance of an election or uh, a protest or injustice or um, a, a, a virus. All of those things are significant and important to, to have a conversation about. But if they become the preoccupation of our life and create fear and confusion in our lives, then those are the things that we can't preoccupy our minds with. We need to preoccupy our mind with simply who Jesus is, what he wants us to do, and do it. And when we do that, we come out of the fog and into the clear, and it's a beautiful experience. So we can't let confusion tempt us to write our own rules. In verse 2, he goes on to say this in Galatians 5. He says, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, and I want to just focus on if you let yourselves, because that's what happens is we as, as, as human beings, we get caught up in all the confusion. We get caught up in all the, all the, the wonders and wishes and wants and, and rights and wrongs and all the things that people are telling us, all these voices. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a news buff. I love the news. I love to listen to the news. I love to listen to all the arguments. But if I didn't have a grounding in my faith, I would be freaking out right now. I would be freaking out because I would be worried that I'm not wearing a mask or I should be wearing a mask or I don't know if there are masks really, you know, and I know there's a lot of opinions. I know a lot of you may have an opinion and that's okay. It's okay to have an opinion. But when those become preoccupations, when those take over my heart and my spirit and they create an anger or a frustration or a fear in me, then I am off track. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But it says, mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law, 613 of them. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. And this isn't talking about losing your salvation. This is talking about you've gone from grace, salvation in Christ through faith, to now salvation by your works. And you are no longer under the umbrella of grace. You are now under the umbrella of if you don't do everything right, you do everything wrong. And that's not a good way to live. And that's not a good way to have faith. And Paul is simply addressing that you have fallen to the confusion of men who are confused and creating a cloud of fog around your life. And then he says, For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. What an amazing clarity that Paul brings to the argument of whether I should do this or that. Wouldn't you like to have that in all the circumstances today? Wouldn't you like to have that? Well, there's only one place to find that kind of clarity, and that's in the Bible. And that's in faith and relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't have, we can't come out of the fog unless we truly have faith in Jesus Christ. And I know there's uh, all kinds of clarity, there's all kinds of good arguments, there's all kinds of uh, uh, reasons for the things that uh, uh, are being argued today, but at the end of the day, the number one thing that we have to put our faith and trust on in is Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we, we can't go wrong. Because for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. In other words, those things don't save you. Those things are not the bottom line. Those things are not the things that will make us have peace, confidence, joy, hope, and experience eternal life. 
is powerful. It's powerful. In fact, what he says next is incredible. Verse 6, it says, the only thing that counts, the only thing, how can it be more clear than that, is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself, faith in Christ expressing itself through love, actions that are Christ-like. You, you want an answer for today? You want to know what to do? Do that. Trust Jesus and love people. Love God, love people. It can't be any simpler than that. If you have a question of how you should vote, if you have a question about whether you should wear a mask or not, if you have a question on, on how, how to... Uh, your opinion about protesting, which there's, I don't know how to answer that question for you. Other than uh, injustice is wrong. I get that. But if you want, to, you want clarity to come out of the fog and how to live, love God, love people. Faith expressing itself through love. What I love this is faith puts c control in God's hands and love puts God's heart in our hands. Do you hear that? Faith puts control in God's hands. In other words, it's all up to God. And love puts God's heart in our hands. That's when we become the expression of everything that God is in these circumstances. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you're confused about, if you do these two things, I guarantee you, you'll come out of the fog and into the clear because you are in the lane that we belong in. And that is the lane to love God and love people. Verse 7 says this, you were running a good race. In other words, he's complimenting the Galatians. You guys were doing it right. You were on the path of righteousness. You were, on, you were living in faith with God in Christ Jesus. You, were, you, you trusted him. You believed that he died. You believed that he rose again. And you have salvation in your heart. And, and then he says in this, who cut in on you? Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? He uses this um, uh, athletic race. This race that, that um, was very common in, in uh, people of this day. And they were very familiar with athletic races. And people would take off. I don't know if you've ever seen motocross. If you've ever seen motocross and, you, and they all take off from these, these lanes. And then they take off and they have a first turn. And that first turn is mayhem. It's crazy. It's like whoever can get out the furthest and the farthest usually gets through that turn pretty easily. But then all these motorcycles come together and they begin to cut in on each other. They get, begin to cut in on each other. And the goal is really to be the first person that cuts in so that everybody else has to slow down, back off, hit their brakes so that they can make it through the turn. And if they don't, they get run off the track. They run into some hay bale or tire or something. And uh, go, what we call an endo, they go end over end and face plant into the mud. It's a really cool thing to watch. <laughs> I, I enjoy it, actually. Um, it's, it's, a first good, it's a very fun first turn. But th this whole question, who cut in on you? If today you are confused, you're living in this fog, and you're freaking out, and, I, and I, I'm not trying to say you sh you, th there, there isn't reasons to, to be confused, but if, if you're there and you've replaced your faith with fear, my question is, who's cut in on you? Who's cut in on you? Who's, who's the one cutting in on you and saying, don't have faith? Fear. 
Don't have faith. Be confused. Don't have trust and confidence in God that God's in control of things. Have fear that everything's coming apart. That's the beauty of having faith in Jesus Christ. He's always in control. He's always the one. The, you were running a good race. You were doing so good. And then you let someone cut in on you and push you out of your lane. That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. Jesus doesn't come to cut, us, uh, cut, cut in on us. He comes to help us stay in our lane, stay in the, in, the, in the winning race. You see, the Galatians were running a good race. They had everything going for them. They were on the right path, and they were headed down the right track. But somebody came in and said, hey, no, 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 don't believe in Jesus. Don't believe in the grace of Jesus Christ. Believe in the law. That's really the way to get to God. Confusion, lies, deception. That happens every time that the enemy gets involved. Who cut in on us? It's the enemy. The enemy, every attempt he has is to steal, kill, and destroy our lives, John 10.10 says. John 8.44 says that the devil is the father of lies. And so he's going to do everything he can to tell us, hey, it's all up to you. It's all up to you. You got to figure this out. You got to solve these problems. You got to make all this happen. You got to get involved in all these things. And, and you got to listen to every voice that's out there and be confused about everything because everything he's going to do, the enemy, the devil, he is going to do everything to confuse us, to rock us off our, our cause, to rock us out of our mission. And when he does, he successfully cuts in on us. And then we begin to write our own rules. We begin to write... Uh, uh, a, a new game, and we end up cutting it off others. We get in uh, dangerous situations. I was actually watching videos, which we hope to show you next week, on um, driving in the fog. Oh my goodness. There's some crazy videos out there of people driving in the fog and driving so fast through the fog, they just run right into the cars in front of them. That's craziness. And that's the confusion that the enemy tries to bring us, is that we can continue to drive as fast as we drive and to, to, to not worry about vision, to not worry about the things of, of, of the world that we should in our hearts and remain in a relationship of trust and confidence in Christ and uh, continue on down this path that we should hit the brakes, we should, we should slow down, we should use our lights differently. Maybe we should even get off the road and pause and spend time with God until we have clarity to get off. Those are all kinds of things that I'm going to be preaching about in the following weeks. But I, I, who cut in? As your pastor, I'm worried. And I know we're not supposed to worry, but I care about you so much. I want you to put your faith and trust in Jesus. I want you to have this confidence that God is in control. That we don't have to live by the standard of the world that, and, and listen to every different opinion of which very few of them agree. And be preoccupied with those thoughts that we don't have this joy that comes from knowing that Jesus is in control. That, that He is alive and well and we can trust in Him. We can have confidence in Him. And I believe that this confusion is an opportunity that the enemy wants to use to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the father of lies, and he wants to derail us. He did it with Adam and Eve. I always, I always joke that Adam and Eve was tempted by the jalapeno. It's the only thing that could have tempted them. It's only the attractive fruit. No, I don't know what it was. It was a fruit. We know that. And, and, but 
he, he lied to them. He confused them. He derailed them. He cut in on them. And let's not let this confusion, let's not let our culture cut in on us so much so that we lose our confidence in our faith. We belong in the lane of faith, not fear. We belong in the lane of mission, not mayhem. And I want you to hear that. We believe in this. We believe that we should be uh, on mission. We should be not involved in mayhem, but bringing peace and confidence and, and affecting culture in a way that helps people have hope rather than lose it. Verse 9 says this, A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. <laughs> That's true. I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. In other words, Paul is saying, I know that you understand this. You get this. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Yeah, there, there's a the enemy, the devil, is going to lose this battle. But let's not let him win by confusing us. Let's not let him win in our hearts and cause this fear, this anxiety, this lack of trust, or this, this anger, this disparity, this frustration, and, and what, take us off course so much so that we, we in, begin to believe the things that we need to, that, that are contrary to God's plan. And, and most importantly, contrary to our relationship with Him. If we're not tight with God, then I get it. I get why we're fearful. I get why we're scared. I get why we start writing our own rules. I get why we do that because we don't have a confidence. We don't have a trust. We don't have this, this uh, uh, confidence that God is in control. It's exhausting. When there's no clarity, I know driving down the road in the fog, you're like, going, I'm freaking out. I don't know what's going to happen. And uh, you got to slow down. I know Karen and I one time, we were driving down I-5 and there was this big fire on the right-hand side. And uh, didn't look like for a moment that um, there was uh, enough smoke in front of us to cause any problems. But as we hit the smoke, we realized that there was a whole lot more smoke than it looked like. And we started driving blind through the smoke. And it was scary. I hit, I hit the brakes. I, I started to swerve off the road. And then it cleared up immediately. And it was fortunate because we were fortunate there were no cars in the middle of the smoke or there was no one stopped in the middle of the road because we would have hit them hard. And I think that what we need to realize is that faith in Christ allows us to relax. Faith in Christ allows us to have joy and peace and confidence. And when we're on mission, we're bringing hope instead of despair to our world. This last part of the scripture says, Brothers and sisters, if I'm still preaching circumcision... Why am I still being persecuted? In other words, Paul is saying, I am not preaching circumcision. I am preaching grace. And he is focused. He is clear. He's not living in the fog. He's saying, I'm if I'm preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? Because he wouldn't have been persecuted had he adopted and adapted to the cultural norm of saying, okay, let's just all live for the law. Let's abandon grace and let's live for ourselves. Instead, he said, I'm preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified, and I'm bringing peace and hope to this world. I'm not living in this, in this law context in which uh, only, it doesn't work. You can't live to that standard. That's why Jesus came and fulfilled the law, so that you and I could live by grace in faith in him. He was still preaching 
Jesus Christ and him crucified. In that case, and, and, and then he says uh, this in the very last part of it. He says, in that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. In other words, if I preach circumcision, the cross means nothing. The cross means nothing. Let's clarify. Let's get out of the fog and understand what's really important. He says, as for those agitators, and he gets really mean here, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. He's so angry at those that are confusing the gospel. Those, he gets so angry at those that are, are, are making the gospel out to be something other than hope and, and joy and taking grace away that he wishes upon them that they would just hurt themselves. That they would castrate themselves is what that literally means. And that he would take away, um, that they would mess up their entire life. And as a result, we pray today that we would be able to focus on the very things that are important. Let's not live in the fog. Let's not get caught up in, in the confusion. Let's put our faith and trust in the person of Jesus Christ. Let's put our faith and trust in what we know to be true, and that is that Jesus is in control, that Jesus has life for us and life abundantly. Let's live in the faith and confidence that salvation is by grace through faith, and we don't have to worry about these things that are going on in this crazy world. We don't have to worry about the things that are, are, are are disparaging and frustrating and, and not true in this world. Uh, although we don't know. I mean, I, I, me personally, I couldn't tell you anything ab about the effectiveness or ineffectiveness of, ma of a mask. And I, and I realize there are opinions and strong opinions, but there are many, many opportunities to argue one side or the other. What really matters is not the mask. How are we going to love Jesus and love people? How are we going to focus on that? And when we begin to focus on that and allow the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts and our lives, um, the mask goes away. I'm not saying you don't wear it. I'm just saying, and I'm not sharing my opinion on that. I'm just saying Jesus becomes the focus and the mission becomes the reason that we do what we do. I've asked Ron to sing a song. <clears throat> and it's, it, the, the title of this song is The Voice of Truth. And I think it, what it does is it really addresses well how we should respond to the confusion of this world. And so as you listen to this song, just allow your heart, you don't have to sing with it, but at, just listen to your heart and ask, hey God, am I, am I so confused that I've been cut in on and moved off track and now I'm so preoccupied with the things that I'm so confused about in this world that now my focus is completely removed from my relationship with Jesus. Enjoy this song. And the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says do not be afraid. And the voice of truth says this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth Do one more The voice of truth tells me 
a different story The voice of truth Says do not be afraid And the voice of truth Says this is for my glory Out of all the voices calling out to me I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. Voice of truth. Paul was not in a fog. He knew the voice of truth. He knew exactly. You heard in that song, so many voices calling me. I, I know there's voices calling you today. I know there's so many things that, that uh, want your attention, that want your heart, that want your, your passions and your, your, your energy and your strength and all the things, your mind, your heart, your spirit, everything is out there. But let's, let's be sure to listen to one voice, and that's the voice of truth. Let's come out of the fog and let's put our hearts on Jesus and let's believe that God is going to guide us and direct us. If we love God and we love people, we won't be that rebel that, that Wearsby was talking about earlier that I quoted. He, we won't be that person that gets so off track that we end up missing the very heart and nature of what we can bring to this world. I believe today that uh, Paul knew that we needed to go back to the basics of faith. He was preaching Jesus and him crucified. And that he was preaching Jesus that, that we are saved by grace through faith in him. And there was nothing else to be had. The confusion of the law was a, a, a derailment, a distraction, a cutting in into the lives of those that so much wanted Jesus in their lives. He recognized what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can do that with the church, he can do that with everybody else. And I want to encourage you, don't be fooled by the enemy. Let's not be preoccupied by these things in this world. It doesn't mean we don't need to care about them. It doesn't need to mean that we don't have to have a voice. It doesn't mean that we don't have, but everything that we are to them is a redemptive voice and heart. And when we do that, we bring hope and life to this world. We exist to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's grace, love, and forgiveness. That's the purpose of Journey Church. We exist to do that very thing. And let's enter into journeys. Let's stay on mission. Let's stay the course. Let's drive outside of the fog and on our passion to love God and love people. And when we do that, we won't be cut in on. We won't be pushed off course and out of our lane, we'll stay in our lane of life and hope and joy and peace and confidence and on mission for God. I believe that's the power. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you're living in that fog and you're confused and you're frustrated and you don't know what to do. I want to invite you right now to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. What that brings to your life is the forgiveness of your sins, that every mistake you've ever made is gone because of what Jesus did on the cross. You're given the promise of eternal life. When you say, Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead, you're, you're, you're believing in your heart that you have eternal life ahead of you. 
And then when you commit to follow him for the rest of your life, you, you commit to follow him with hope and joy and, and confidence in life. No longer are you living, driving down these roads full of fog, but you're driving in life full of clarity and purpose and meaning. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to just pray with me briefly. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the mistakes I've made and the things that have separated me from you. And I pray that you would just come in and forgive me of everything. And I accept that forgiveness right now in Jesus' name. And Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead and that you today live forever in heaven. And I anxiously anticipate that day when I will spend eternity with you in heaven. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. And today, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for making me a part of a big, big family of God. Thank you, God, for saving me, forgiving me, and giving me hope. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, that was the best prayer you could ever pray. It was the most important decision you could ever make. It's the most clarity you've probably ever had up to this point in your life. And I pray that you would just give us a chance, fill out a connection card, let us know that you accepted Christ today. And if you did, we will give you help in the next steps to grow in your faith in Christ and continue to belong to a great family that you just joined the family of God. Is a very powerful thing. And listen, if you are here today and you are challenged as a Christian that you're living in this fog, don't let the enemy cut in on you. Today's the day where we can experience the joy of knowing that we live with clarity, we live with confidence, we live with hope in Jesus Christ. And there is no reason to fear. Tomorrow, today, walk in the confidence and peace. And if you're preoccupied, if the, if the fog is too thick, get off the road and get next to Jesus and find clarity there and then let's come back and we can run this race and we can walk this path and we can walk it with clarity and bring hope to this world as he's called us into this world to make a difference. Let me pray with you. God, we thank you so much that you have given us all hope. You've given us all encouragement. You've given us all strength. And I pray that you would bless those that are today confused, but now understand that we need to put our faith and trust in you and not allow the enemy to cut in on us and derail us from our confidence in you, our mission that you've called us to. Bless each person now, I pray in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, for a great Sunday. May we have a great week in Jesus Christ. And may we have a walk with clarity this week that we've never had before. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Ron's going to lead us in a song of worship as we close. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.